Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, December 6th. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, starting off with a men's basketball update. Just days after being ranked number one, Duke lost to Ohio State on just Tuesday, 71-66, to despite winning by 13 at the half. Their second half went cold when the Blue Devils getting outscored 41-23. to Unranked Oklahoma handed number 14 Florida its first loss of the season when they won 74-67. to Number 12, BYU, lost to Utah Valley in overtime. Number 16, Alabama, went on a hot streak to beat number 3, Gonzaga, 91-82 to in the battle in Seattle. And not on a hot streak is number 18, Memphis, who has lost three games in a row to Iowa State, Georgia, and Ole Miss. The Washington-Arizona game was set for Thursday, got postponed to Sunday, and then the Washington Huskies had to forfeit. This is the first game of the season that has been forfeited due to COVID issues. I'm sure it will not be the last. I will hit you with a NBA update. The Grizzlies scored a massive 152 points over the Thunder this past week and won by a NBA record, so the whole league record of 73 points. The Hornets beat the Hawks 130-127 to on Sunday, despite being down four players, including three starters. Those four players will be at like, out for at least 10 days. They also had their best three-point shooting game of the season so far. So I know no shocker here, but LeBron James was not happy about how his COVID testing was handled after Thanksgiving. This did cause him to miss the game against the Kings. He initially tested positive on he tested negative on Monday, then tested positive on Tuesday. But he said there was no other immediate test that's usually done. So if you test positive as an athlete, usually they double check to make sure it's not a false positive almost immediately afterward. But he said that that was never done, and they ended up giving him a COVID test on Wednesday. He was negative, and then another negative test on Thursday meant he could go back to playing. Moving on to college football. The college football playoff is set. Alabama will play Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, and Michigan will play Georgia in the Orange Bowl on New Year's Eve with a national championship to be played in Indianapolis on January 10th. The final rankings came out yesterday. They are on the blog, but what you need to know for the CFP is Alabama, who defeated Georgia, is number one. Michigan is number two. Georgia is number three, and Cincinnati made it into the top four as for the first time in the college football playoff history for a group of five team. This weekend was, of course, conference championship week. So there were seven losses in the top 25. Obviously, I already touched on one of the biggest upsets of the weekend, which was number one, Georgia, who just proved not to be ready for the Crimson Tide and quarterback Bryce Young. He did have a Heisman day on Saturday. He was the favorite for the award going into the conference championship weekend, and it basically looks like he's locked it up now. Georgia was looking to finally turn the tide, <laughs> get it, with the, and win the SEC championship and potentially the nat national championship, but I guess they'll have to wait until January 10th to possibly get their revenge. 
Number two, Michigan trounced number 13, Iowa, to no one's surprise. The final score was 42-3, to but realistically, that game was over in the first quarter. Number four, Cincinnati did do their job, winning over number 21, Houston, 35-20. to The third quarter was definitely the key to the Bearcats' success. They outscored the Cougs 21-0. to Now, the Big 12 got complicated and crazy. Number nine, Baylor literally was inches away from losing the Big 12 championship game as the number five Oklahoma State Cowpokes tried to come back but couldn't get it done with a four downs inside the red zone goal line stand by the Baylor Bears. It was seriously impressive and Oklahoma State literally came up inches short. Go check out the blog for that post and that picture and video. Number 10, Oregon had deja vu losing Again, big time to number 17, Utah, by 38 to 10. And if you're like, oh, wait, that sounds really familiar, that's because it's a field goal more than last time. They lost 38 to 7. And even though it had no bearing on the college football playoff, Pitt won the ACC championship game over Wake Forest 45 to 21. This is important because quarterback Kenny Pickett, for two reasons, but one was that he actually did a fake slide, which means, and that's important because defenders are not allowed to hit the quarterback if he's sliding. It is such an easy penalty for the defense to get, whether that's a late hit or hitting a defenseless player, usually a late hit, can also be targeting. So um, Kenny Pickett fake slid and then ended up keep, kept running for 40 yards for a touchdown. This will cause some discussions on whether that's going to be allowed in the future. He also broke Dan Marino's record of the most passing touchdowns in a career at Pitt. He now sits at 81. So the losses in the top 25 this week are number one, Georgia finally takes their first loss. Number five, Oklahoma State. Number 10, Oregon. Number 13, Iowa. Number 16, Wake Forest. Number 19, San Diego State and number 21, Houston. In coaching carousel updates from way last week, it seems like a while ago, news broke on Monday night that LSU has hired a new head coach, and that head coach is Brian Kelly, who was the head coach at Notre Dame. This one was really a shock. The culture fit is a little interesting, but it just proves that Kelly is ready to win a championship before retiring. So I'm betting fans in Baton Rouge are pretty happy. Also, Oklahoma looks to have found their new head coach in Clemson, defensive coordinator Brent Venables. Also coming to Norman is rumored the Ole Miss OC Jeff Levy. He and Brent both spent time at OU previously. Venables was the DC at OU from 2004 to 2011 before heading to Clemson. And he turned down the Auburn head coach job last year. So I think a lot of people were really surprised that he was actually going to take a head coaching job. The Ole Miss OC Jeff Levy is not confirmed yet, but he also spent time at OU and has been the semifinalist for the Broyles Award for the last two seasons. And usually when you hire a defensive-minded coach, they usually want a good OC to come in or offensive coordinator to come in and show that they have that balance, especially with a fan base like Oklahoma who's known for its high-powered offense. Also, with some awkward news, the Miami is in reported discussions with Oregon's head coach, Mario Cristobal, who is expected to jump ship and become their new head coach. But the Hurricanes had not fired their current head coach, Manny Diaz, yet. And as I was writing the blog post, 
about two hours later, it was announced that Miami had fired Diaz and Cristobal has officially come over. So it looks like Oregon is now one of the hottest jobs on the market. In other hirings and firings, Colorado State has hired the Nevada head coach, Jay Norvell, and Virginia Tech has hired Penn State's D.C. Brent Pry as their new head coach. So currently, right now, we have open Oregon, Louisiana, and Nevada. Oh my God, y'all, turning to NFL news, it finally happened. The Lions have won their first game of the season, and they were finally on the right side of a last-minute comeback. They were trailing 27-23 to when the Lions scored a touchdown on the final play of the game with only four seconds left, and it was on fourth and two. So congratulations to the Lions. They also were honoring the victims of the Oxford High School shooting that game as well, so I'm sure the game meant a lot to them. The Cowboys got their W on Thursday Night Football, despite not having their head coach due to COVID. The Colts shut out the Texans 31-0. to The Cardinals continued to roll, beating the Bears 33-22. to Fear the stash, Garner Minshew led the Eagles to a win over the Jets after QB Jalen Hurts got hurt. Haha. <laughs> There weren't a ton of games that were this close this week. Only four games were within a score. And the Ravens bobbled a two-point conversion to lose by one. Running back Adrian Peterson has moved up a spot on the NFL's all-time touchdown list. Peterson is tied at 10th with legendary Jim Brown. And if he scores two more, he'll move into ninth. Moving on to golf for one of the last times probably of the year, Victor Hovland had a ridiculous ridiculous Sunday to come back to win the Hero World Challenge. He actually had back-to-back Eagles on 14 and 15 during Sunday to take the lead. This event is actually not officially on the PGA Tour. This is Tiger Woods' event, which is why you saw Tiger Woods a lot in the news over the past week and discussing how he was coming back from his injury last uh, from that car crash this past year. So that's why you saw Tiger being majorly involved. This event did draw big names like Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Um, interestingly enough, Colin Morikawa got engaged this week in the Bahamas at the Hero World Challenge, and he was leading by five shots going into the final round. However, he did shoot four over to finish tied for fifth. Hovland's final score at the tournament for the whole thing was 18 under, and that's what Colin started Sunday with. There is a superstition that getting married or having a baby or building a house gives you a curse in tournaments. And well, he did get engaged this weekend and blew a five shot lead. So who's to say if that is true or not? With a little bit of Olympic news, United States President Joe Biden is expected to announce a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing 2022 Olympic Games today. Remember that that is just when the officials are not allowed to go. So the athletes would still be allowed to go. I covered that in a previous post, and it looks like he's about to announce that this week. USA Summer Britcher won the silver medal at the World Cup Luge Races in Russia over the weekend. This was the best individual finish for the Americans in about two years. She won in the sprints race. Team USA also had a new world record in the men's team pursuit in speed skating World Cup on Sunday with a time of 334.47. This dropped the old record by 0.21 seconds that was held by the Netherlands. 
But don't feel too sorry for them because they did actually sweep the men's 1000 event later in the same weekend. That wraps it up for what went on this past week, but let's go over what to watch coming up. On Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have NBA games at 6.30 and 9 o'clock on TNT on Tuesday and ESPN on Wednesday and Friday. Men's basketball games start on Tuesday with ranked games and go through the weekend. We have a ranked versus ranked matchup on Thursday, number 7, Texas at 25, Seton Hall at 5.30 on Fox Sports 1. We then have another on Saturday night, number 15, Houston at 16, Alabama at 9 p.m. on ESPN2. And Sunday rounds out the weekend with number six, Villanova at number four, Baylor at 2 p.m. on ABC. As is tradition, the only college football game being played this weekend is Army versus Navy. And that's actually at Navy on Saturday at 2 p.m. on CBS. In the NFL, Monday Night Football, this Monday is the Patriots at the Bills at 7.15 on ESPN. Then Thursday night is the Steelers at the Vikings at 7.20 on Fox. Sunday has seven games at noon on CBS or Fox, depending on your geographical location. Then we have the Lions at the Broncos or the Giants at the Chargers at 3.05 on Fox. Let's see if the Lions can actually keep it rolling now that they've started getting wins. Then at 325 on CBS, we have either the 49ers at the Bengals or the Bills at the Buccaneers. And at 720 that night on NBC, we have the Bears at the Packers. With next Monday Night Football rounding it out, the Rams at the Cardinals, which will be a great game. Both teams have a good number of wins at 715 on ESPN. This weekend is the final race in Formula One for the year. It is in Dubai at the Dubai GP, and that will be televised at 7 a.m. on ESPN on Sunday. We have a number of Olympic events on TV this week, all on NBCSN, starting with swimming on Monday. We then have the triathlon on Thursday, the clash at Daytona at 7 p.m., and then a lot of skiing and biathlon over the weekend. We have freestyle skiing with the women's halfpipe. And we've got the women's Super G at 11.30 on Saturday. The second run of the women's Super G will be on Sunday at 3.30. We also have men's biathlon on Saturday night beginning at 10 p.m. And the biathlon will continue on Sunday at 4.30 after which we will see speed skating at the ISU World Cups at 8 p.m. That wraps it up for me this week. I hope you have enjoyed what all we've gone over and what was a super exciting college football season. Before we enter bowl games, I will do a whole different posts and pages on that coming up. So please be sure to check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, and hope to see y'all next week for the next weekly update.